Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia in Chicago. I am Corey with Third Degree Entertainment in Washington and Idaho. I'm Jason with Liquid Courage Entertainment in the Chicagoland area. And I'm Quincy with Quadrivia Podcast and <laughs> a little bit Liquid Courage as well, I guess. I just like to manage all sorts of things. She really does, and I'm so glad that she does, because I'm so the worst at this. And hi, everybody. In that order. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Corey, I missed you. I missed you. I, I haven't drive heard all of you for a while. And they haven't heard you. Can we take a moment and address uh, the very, very pretty elephant in the room? <laughs> Who's so very, very pretty? I don't think that throwing pretty in front changes the fact that you just called your wife an elephant. I'm scratching my head here trying to decide if I find that as a compliment or not. Woman Dumbo is one of your favorite movies. Take it and move on. <laughs> that said, I don't think I ever wanted to be an elephant. Uh, well, I'm glad you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a very different relationship if I was. So, Quincy, do you want to take a moment and explain to the listeners who the hell you are, who have no idea why my wife is randomly on an episode of Quadrivia? Well, um, I am Jason's wife. Um, I was also around for kind of the beginning of Liquid Courage, definitely for the beginning of the trivia portion of Liquid Courage. Um, I hosted a lot of trivia shows, um, wrote some trivia back in the day, and recently, um... Myself and Corey's wife, Sam, have taken over the position of executive producer for the Quadrivia podcast to try to get all of these crazies a little bit more organized. So I can't speak huh. to this without getting hit, and Corey can't either. So, Jeff, why do we have executive producers behind the scenes now? Uh, basically, because we are bad at everything except for this part of it. Like the schedule. Uh, yeah, that's arguable, arguable <laughs> that we're even good at this part. But the the scheduling aspect of it, it definitely helps to have an outside voice to to crack the whip and send out the emails and get everybody done, especially with uh, all the rest of us running around trying to get stuff done, too. Yeah, it's almost like we have other stuff going on in our lives. Wait, there's real life? Wait, that's a segue to our roundtable discussion? Already? Wait, I thought I do the segues around here. I mean, you do, but then we do the good ones. Speaking of the good ones. Slash, you know, it just kind of happened. Speaking of the good ones, um, how do you balance work with home and family life? Oh, that is such a good segue, and I'm so glad that you See? took the lead on that, Corey. See? Thank you. See, I do one thing around here. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think the question also becomes... Can you really fully balance work with home, family life, and the world? No, you can't. I've tried. I've failed. Somebody teach me how. But there are I ways. Think, I think she's trying to teach you how. It's just a matter of whether you're <laughs> able to learn. Whose who's genius idea was it to bring my wife onto this shit? It was mine, wasn't it? Yep. Yes. Ugh. But I honestly think there is no better person we could bring in as an extra voice for the roundtable discussion for today's episode, which, again, because we're kind of bad and talking around it, is all about balance. 
uh, specifically as has been brought up, the, the balance between being a pub quiz writer and a pub quiz host and a pub quiz company owner and very, very importantly, also a person. <laughs> and possibly also a family member. Oh, no, you're not a person if you're not a family member. Okay. I meant like a parent, like responsible for younger generations. Oh, no, your point was a parent. Oh, okay. Oh, my oh God. God. It's already finally, started. Finally, I have somebody who will actually real life react to my stupid ass puns on this show. This is my favorite oh. episode already. Apparently, real life reacting, um, he takes as putting my hand in my face and just shaking <laughs> my head no. <laughs> To just let you all know out there in the listening world, as well as the other two gentlemen, what my reaction to puns is. I never we watch. Do, we do the same. He just can't see us through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> now he has a real life reaction next to him. I, I have doubts about this whole concept now all of a sudden. I was feeling so good. And now every, the, the, the wool has been moved off my eyes. The rug has been taken from under me. Uh, let's talk about the roundtable discussion, Actually, finally. <laughs> but before we go into the meat of the roundtable, um, I'd like to propose that we pull it back. Uh, let's do a prequel to the roundtable. Because um, I'm sure a lot of people listening... Okay, I'm sure that like the three people who listen are going to say... <laughs> You know, I balance my job with my home and family life, too. Um, what is different about us as, you know, trivia hosts, trivia writers, etc., um, that this is a topic worth addressing? Does that make sense? So, yeah, specifically us being in the trivia world as opposed to being industrial engineers or lawyers or, you know, what we are really, which is just gamer girls at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah, basically why why is the way that we balance our uh home and work life something that warrants discussion when every barista and engineer <laughs> and teacher and Uber driver also has to balance their work and family life? Well, I would answer at least for me my question with this question, Corey, and that is who is your boss? That is me. Jeff, who is your boss? Depending on my Marcy, Marcy's my boss. (laughs) But also, but also, who is my boss? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess if we're going with the wife here, I might as well make a trifecta. (laughs) So in a way, I am. But you are also your own boss at times. And I think that's the point that I wanted to drive across: is we are beholden to only ourselves. Nobody sets our schedule. Uh, Nobody is paying us a weekly paycheck to show up and do a thing. So we have a weird level of control over our destiny that most standard people in the workforce do not. And that means we have to decide for ourselves exactly how much emphasis to put on that balance. I agree. And I well, I think, oh, you, you, you go, oh, Jack, you go. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, also, I think a lot of it has to do with the... Um, What's a good term to use this? The the uh, on stage and backstage halves of our jobs. I, we all, well, in the meat space that used to be, we all used to go out and be in front of people at our actual places of where we'd host and stuff like that. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work that, that goes into creating those games, writing the questions for the people that do video production and stuff like that. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that gets done at home when you have to be sitting at your computer, like sometimes feet away from your family. 
And yeah. with everybody working at home, that's a little bit more common for people to have to deal with that. But uh, one of the things that I noticed is that it's really tough when you have to sit down and really focus on your work and your kids are sitting right behind you being cute. And you're like, if I turn around and start tickling Luke, I'm going to not stop doing that for a minute and then I'm not going to get my work done. And I think with everybody moving to work at home or the people that could move to work at home, there's a lot more people that could at least kind of understand what we work through on very regular, very regular basis. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's a, a huge uh, part of it and kind of what I wanted to draw out as to why we are special, uh, so to speak. Um, and just to kind of tack special a little, bit little more... trivia snowflakes we are, Corey. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And just to tack a little bit more onto that, I think that there is sometimes a misconception about what we do. Um I've been fortunate in that that Sam is very understanding and and uh, knows what I do and supports it. But I've also heard a lot from other people, you know, when I say, oh, I've been working all week and they'll respond to something like you work two hours a day hosting trivia. <laughs> it's like you do, no. but you don't. I, oh, exactly. you sweet summer children. You know, I, no, I put in... no, that's not at all how it looks. Well, I mean, and you would know, Quincy, because you only work nine months a year. Right. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, exactly. I mean that my, my full-time job is a teacher. And, you know, many people will be like, oh, it's so so nice to get summers off. And I'm like, what summers? I'm either teaching summer school or I'm preparing lesson plans and lessons for the next year. Or I'm taking all the professional development because we have to take so many classes and yeah, there. I mean, that job doesn't. It this. It's the same thing in trivia, because when I was doing that, there was still the writing the questions before you got to the show. So yeah, you might only be at the show for two and a, two to two and a half hours, but how long is it taking you to write those questions? And there's the communication with the venue staff and the promotions and the advertising. All of that takes time handling yeah. the social media and putting together you know everything that you need to do to run a business frankly because exactly. you, you can't outsource a lot of this stuff you have to do your own promotions your own social media stuff you have to put together your own logistics uh scheduling if you have staff you are human resources definitionally you're your own legal team uh you put together all your actual trivia materials so you're your own research team you're your own production engineer and then when you're live you're your own hype man and you're your own audio engineer, you're your own tech support, and you also, behind the scenes, have to be your own tax attorney and accountant, and that's why I married Quincy. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it, and, and uh, especially, you know, those of us that really do this full-time that have started our own businesses, all that extra stuff as well, you know, people say, oh, I, you must have such a great job. You get to sit around and Google all day. I'm like, well, I do do that, but it's not as fun when you're doing it for eight hours a day while also trying to figure out how am I going to increase, you know, the number of businesses I work at? How am I going to hire people? Mm -hmm. How am I going to pay taxes? All of that. So much goes into it. So, well, and even then, it's not like you're Googling whatever you want to Google. 
yeah. you're Googling for specific research, it you, you, you know, you could always come back and say, well, what if you had to do a research paper every day and had to spend all of your time on Google to write a 15 page research paper? Would you find that fun? Oh, and there's a deadline, too. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget to eat dinner. Somewhere in there. And you get to second guess <laughs> everything you find because you know that somebody else will if you don't. Mm-hmm. So you have to become a subject matter expert at least enough to pull some shit off live in the moment on everything that you look up. And it's it's draining emotionally at times. It's definitely draining mentally. It's absolutely draining from a time perspective. So to bring this back to the concept of balance, Jeff, how long does it take you to write a game? Um, that answer changes slightly depending on if this is, uh, pre COVID-19 or currently, but we'll talk about currently. Um, right now it takes me about, I don't know, I'd say realistically about eight hours of solid work to get one two hour show fully produced with slides and everything. And that I'm not counting like the uh, the time I spend just kind of searching for ideas while I'm on my lunch break or anything like that. Um, and so because I only run one game a week, it's not nearly as terrifying as your schedule where you have stuff going on that you have to prep for every night. Um, so I do get a bit of a weekend from writing. Um, but I have to squeeze that eight hours in uh, right before uh, otherwise, I kind of have to spread it out over. Um, and if I'm being a little bit more honest, now that we're doing, um, now that I'm doing internet shows, like the virtual stuff, there's a lot of extra stuff that I have to take care of. There's, um, uh, you have to get your bots set up for the Twitch chat. There's uh, a bunch of stuff that I have to play around with all my settings to make sure that everything's working. I have to prep and add all my questions into the app that I use for the players to answer. Uh, and so there's like nine extra steps that I have to do for what used to be a fairly quick and fairly repetitive, but easily doable in like two evenings after work, you know, in and it's preparation. a workload that, that you don't have the muscle memory down to yet the extent that you did, you know, six months yes, ago after writing very... for a couple of years. It's very still, much. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example from my end. So I do this weird ass game every Sunday. It's called Tringo, and there's a lot of randomness and user suggestion just kind of baked into the format. I spend a solid two hours every day just going from the questions are written to the game is ready, and uh, it none of it is you know putting together fancy graphics or anything like that. Not a none, no aspect of it is like creative or hard mental work. It's just a very meticulous, like, 15-step process that makes the weird idea work with the tools that I have. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast, I think. Because we've all we've all kind of got thrown into this new this new status quo of what we have to do to kind of keep our games going. And like you said, muscle memory is not there yet. Um, yeah, it's been a challenge to find the new balance with, you know, 2020 trivia, having moved everything online. Uh, Quincy, do you remember what I look like? Sometimes. <laughs> but I should also ask, Jay, do you remember what I look like? I do. You're very pretty. Aww, We've gone over you. this. <laughs> like a very pretty... Well, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying, Jeff. And I mean, just to kind of throw it out to our listeners, it's not just in the trivia world. Obviously, that's what we focus on here in the podcast. But that is just across the world. 2020 has just been crazy and makes it even more important for us to find that balance. Because one of the reasons for balance is, you know, I guess as everything my um, work keeps telling me is self-care and mental health while they keep piling more things on. I have never um, cared more about self-care than I have this year. I used to think it was just like a buzzword. Somebody had a rough day. Oh, I'm going to, you know, eat a slice of chocolate cake and call it self-care. No, fucking self-care is important. Right. And self-care isn't eating a slice of chocolate cake or self-care has so many different intricate points and values and it can be difficult. But something that I've kind of come to realize over the years is when I don't focus a little bit on myself and keeping myself somewhat sane, it makes it very hard to be a teacher, a host, a co-business owner, a mom, a baseball coach, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. It really does. (laughs) Because then all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm being everything for everyone else. Which is important, especially in the trivia world, because you're being entertainment for all of these people that are stuck at home and have nothing to do or that are finally, when we're back in real life, are finally getting to go out and they want to go do something um, with a group of friends. You know, as trivia hosts, you provide that entertainment. And that's, but it's at, at the same time, it's important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because otherwise, how good is the entertainment? And it shows. I, I got to yeah. chime in and say it shows. And I think we feel it when we're having an off day or we're burning the candle at both ends. When we get into show mode as presenters, as hosts, as streamers, if you have not had a normal, good baseline level day, something went on, you're stressed out or you were too close on your deadline. It shows. I've seen plenty of streamers, plenty of really good trivia hosts, and you can tell they're having a bad day and you can tell instantly because they're they're off and it reflects in the entertainment value, which is unfortunate very, very much because it causes me at least to recognize that when I'm having an off day, it is as bad as I think it is. And then it starts to feed into itself, you know, and sometimes the best thing you can do. And fortunately, I have this baked into my streams is you just take five minutes, step away from the constant feedback that's coming in text chat, which is a terrible medium to try to understand nuance anyway. And you always assume everybody's yelling at you and just <laughs> get your head right and then come yeah. back and you say something like, hey, I feel like I was off in that first half. I'm going to try real hard to have fun with you again. And then usually that resets not just you, but it resets the audience. You stop having this feeling that everybody is commenting in a critical manner towards you. And instead of, you know, yelling at you, they're having a conversation with you. They're bantering with you. And that I would assume for you, uh, Jeff and Corey is part of why we got into trivia in the first place is we are good people, people, and we thrive off of that interaction. Yeah. Yeah. That to an extent. That's yeah, definitely. Sure. But that can I, be I, very difficult when you're not in person with people. Yeah. Yes, it's it's tough the the switch from the live game to the Twitch chat, especially if your Twitch chat is lagging because they're busy, you know, writing trivia or something, and then you have like 
a minute to sit there where you're just kind of vamping and nobody's talking to you. Kind of a, a offshoot of the topic here, but that's one thing that really caught me by surprise when I was doing the, uh, the weekly trivia streams, because I, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I get really uncomfortable live hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get anxious. I, I don't, as much as I put myself out there and scream, Hey, look at me. I don't like having everyone stare at me for two hours. Um, and on the flip side, I really enjoy and feel really comfortable on computers. Uh, always have, it's always been kind of just a a comfort zone for me, Mm -hmm. but then putting the two together, you'd think that I'd naturally feel more comfortable, feel better, uh, streaming. But oh, those those silent periods, those those pauses where nobody's chatting because they're trying to answer the question, <laughs> and I don't have anyone to riff off of or to, you know, talk to or whatever. Oh, those those hurt. Yeah, go go into your <laughs> weekly live show and go in with a blindfold and with earmuffs on, and then assume people are actually listening to you do your job. Right. <laughs> That's the best you have sometimes. I also want to say I'm really glad that my wife isn't on this episode this week because uh, with Equally what I'm about Sam to... Sam Marku, of course. Yes, yes. You're welcome, Corey. Um, I got you, baby. I appreciate it. I, with what I'm about to say, I don't need... I wouldn't need her just sitting there staring at me and nodding in agreement. Because um, I don't <laughs> Okay, so in think... other words, but when she does hear this, she can bop you over the head and it'll be okay. She'll probably just give me that look. Um, okay, that I'm sure everybody knows what that look is, but I I don't think I actually do a good job of balancing my work and my home life. It's uh, really tough for me because I'm I'm constantly trying to do both instead of setting aside time for one and then the other. Um, and now I yeah. I've been having some I've been having some trouble lately with uh, hiring employees. And so even when I shouldn't need to be working, when I'm, you know, we'll be cuddling on the couch, watching a movie or eating dinner, and I've still, I've got my phone, you know, turned on and next to me because I need to jump in every now and then and check up on the employees, make sure everything's going well there, or I'm waiting to see if they have any issues. And uh, I'm I'm still trying to find that balance. Yeah. And it's, what, it's what was it that? What was it that Ron Swanson said? Don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing? Yeah, exactly. If if only you could, though, under these circumstances. And it doesn't work that well. I mean, I can can vouch for it being always a difficult. Um, We try at least once, if not twice a year, to go down and see my mom in Texas. And that usually equates to having to cover a week or more worth of shows because it's a 24-hour drive each way and even though we're down there for vacation we're down there for time off we're down there for family between him and i we're both on the phone with employees and venues and everything at that one section of the time of the day no matter what and i can see the stress on jay's face and i mean i feel it also because I'm a part of the company and everything else. There is no such thing as time off. 
when yeah. you own and operate the business. There That's are no true. such thing as scheduled hours. Your phone rings all hours, all days, and at various levels of importance. Some things are emergencies that you have to drop everything in that moment and address. Some things just add up on your you know, to-do pile. You know, For instance, while you're on vacation, the work doesn't stop. And usually for me, when we take those vacations that Quincy alluded to, it's not a one-week situation. It's usually a three-week situation because I have to spend the entire week before setting up for me being out of town, preparing content, getting hosts covered and all that, letting my venues and my teams of players know that there's going to be a difference in the schedule. And then I'm out of town, but I'm still the owner and venue owners still call me and my staff still contacts me with emergency or preparatory or logistical needs. And then I come back and then it's a week of doing damage control usually. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually going to say it because both of you guys have uh, more shows. Well, I should say, in the meat space, in the long, long ago, uh, both of you had more live shows and also multiple hosts working under you. So I had assumed that it's at least with the exception of the you're always on because you're always the owner. So if there's problems, they call you. Uh, I figured that at least it was a little easier just to see if one person could cover an extra show here or there to take care of your live aspects. But apparently that's not the case at all. Like yeah. for for me personally, because I run one weekly show, um, the only thing that I have to deal with is that if uh, if I'm not there, there is no show. And if I'm not there, they'll get somebody else to do the show because the pub wants pub trivia. And so I can't say I'm going to be on vacation this Wednesday. I'm not going to be there. They'll say, OK, we'll not see you again then. So the only times that they ever cancel they ever cancel things or one, you know, one time we showed up and the power was out for a whole night or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, or like emergency things are shut down or when it was uh, like negative 20 for a whole week last year. And they're like, nobody's coming out of their house. It's okay. We'll cancel tonight. You know? So when I want to do a vacation, all I have to do is make sure uh, that it's that, 20 degrees out below zero all week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a big, huge, um, you know, tornado or some other crazy yeah, exactly. weather event coming. All I have to do is just go knock over the electrical pole outside <laughs> of the bar, and then I get a week off. Uh, but yeah, essentially, I have from Thursday until Tuesday, uh, logistically, where I, since I don't have any other shows and I don't have any other employees where unless something goes wrong with me, nothing goes wrong. So as long as I could squeeze whatever my family wants to do into that chunk of time, which is not undoable, but it's not super the easiest way to do it because it generally sandwiches a weekend in the middle, you know, not the greatest, but it's doable. And I assume that you guys would have an easier time if you wanted to step back, but I guess not. <laughs> I never, I never would have expected that when, what's that? More money, more problems, more, more employees, more, more problems. trivia, more problems. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, Jeff, I think you brought up a really good point of that. You have that ability to look at like a Thursday to Tuesday. So that kind of brings us back to the, how can we balance? How can yep. someone figure this out? They're at their wits end. they don't know what to do. Um, the truth of the matter is, is you have to be realistic. You have to be true to yourself. You have to know how much am I going to get out of this? 
So what is my number one top priority? If your number one top priority is family, then you need to realize that you need to look at your schedule. You need to look at your week ahead of time. You need to look into the future and you need to carve out those times. I feel very attacked by this personally (laughs) relatable content. She is she like telling you write this down? She is stabbing me in the thigh right now with a lock picking tool and emphasizing every word with her eyes. You need to take priority and focus (laughs) on your family. And I'm bleeding now. Thank you, honey. Uh, She's absolutely right though, and I suck at it. Um, I'm a a little bit lucky in that uh, even before COVID, Sam and I were both working from home. She. Uh, just a couple months prior, had gotten the uh, thumbs up to to work from home, basically full time. I think they asked her to go into the office like once a week, but okay. uh, so we were able to to kind of get ready for that transition. And now everybody knows kind of what we were going through, but uh, we've had a couple more months to prepare for that, and it's it's just kind of gotten. I think what has really helped with the balance is getting used to and comfortable with setting those boundaries saying you know especially for me on Wednesdays those are typically the days when I do the most of my work uh because mm-hmm. I'm I'm hosting my live gig that that night and that's usually the day that I'll set aside to kind of uh write all the new material you know I've been with most of my venues shut down right now. I've been able to reuse material throughout the week, uh, which is Shh. fortunate. <laughs> oh, please. The they know. I've, loud, I've told some of my teams, I'm like, look, just don't go to that other venue this week. All right. Uh, or if you are going to let me know so I can write you some new stuff. But I, I have to tell, Tam, uh, tell Sam, Hey, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to be out of reach today. Uh, I, I can't do anything and we just have to pretend like we're not in the same house together. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, pre-COVID. And, and I think Quincy can answer this question. Where am I on Mondays pre-COVID? Writing, usually in the garage. And it was the day that, you know, I made, I was the one that worked, made sure the boys got home safe, make sure they got off to where they needed to be and made sure dinner was ready because that was writing day. But of course, that was pre-COVID when I was just doing all of it in one like big locked out six hour. I can segregate myself from the world window now with streams constantly and trying to get back into live shows. There's I live in my basement. (laughs) I made the joke at dinner the other day with uh, my wife, and I don't remember if I brought this up on a previous episode or not, but I want to install a fireman's pole because there are only three places (laughs) in my house I exist anymore, and they all happen to be on the same vertical plane. It's my bed, my dinner table and my office. Yeah. <laughs> I think but I, I let him know that putting that in, putting a hole into the wall would totally ruin the whole point of why we got him a room away from most of the noise. <laughs> that's, I, I that's think fair. that a, a, a really important thing that's helped me at least uh, with my, uh, with my family stuff has been um we base our schedule off of Marcy's schedule uh, because she's a, she's a nurse and she works 12 hour shifts. So she is gone before I wake up in the morning and she's usually not home until about eight thirty or nine at night. Um, and so 
I try to use those days where I'm watching the boys as my writing days. So <clears throat> um, Charlie has been doing distance learning at school. So he's kind of taking care of himself on his computer during the school hours. And so I pretty much just have Luke hang out with room with me. And I, I build my schedule around her schedule so that that way we have more time together on the days, on the days off. And so I, I think it's just really a question of what I think it, uh, I don't remember exactly how Quincy put it, but like, which, where's your priority? You know, like how, how do you balance those priorities? Like you have to make sure that if um, family and self-care and spending time is up there on your list, you, you have to work at it as if it were your job, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, it's important that it's scheduled. Having yeah. a schedule is huge. Yeah, exactly. Just like, uh, like I said, you know, I'll tell Sam, hey, these are days when I'm not going to be available. We also sit down and we actually schedule time that we're going to spend together. Uh, we write it on our weekly or our monthly calendar, you know, when we're having date nights or when we're doing something together. Uh, just to kind of keep ourselves on track and to make sure that we are balancing that that work and personal life and that we are making sure to give each other the time and attention that we need and i think that helps too actually writing it down instead of saying hey you know let's do something this week say hey friday seven o'clock let's watch a movie have dinner write yeah, it down no. set it in you know make make it an actual tangible concept that you can rely on and plan around right you're more continuing to, do to it. feel personally attacked by this topic <laughs> <laughs> i'm terrible at that and quincy will attest to that for sure uh i am absolutely terrible at what you said Corey, by actually locking down specific time frames that you know the family and i or the wife and i just spent a couple hours together uh it's gotten to the point where i kind of jokingly have taught my oldest son the song cats in the cradle by harry chapin <laughs> <laughs> because at some point he's going to feel that way and i'm going to feel that way and it's going to be sad but for now it's funny so let's have it together we have a great scheduling system for home life and family stuff at our house and we block off all my work things but i need I need, based on what you just said, Corey, to absolutely do that bi-directionally. I need to work time into my work schedule for my family because my family is blocking out time in their schedule for my work. And I very much, especially this year, feel like I'm taking advantage of their probably decreasing patience and generosity with me these <laughs> days because I'm still working way too damn hard and way too damn often and i'm sure yeah, my wife will chime in on that uh momentarily yeah um i'll say it felt weird at first you know because it's oh if i'm scheduling time to hang out with my wife like is it gonna feel weird or impersonal or, but you just have to remember that once you have that time together you know use it like you normally like, like Make the time personal, not the schedule personal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I yeah, admit, that's... though, that that was a lot easier before March when date nights involved going places and doing things? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> we've been we've been under house arrest for eight months. Uh, my wife 
uh, me and our two children, and I love them, but they're sick of me. <laughs> and then also you have to consider uh, sending, like when you did want to do like an, a legitimate date, like 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 a movie and a dinner, or go out for a nicer dinner, or you know just go make out in a forest somewhere. Like you had to find somewhere to put the kids. And now with, you know, especially with older people being more susceptible you know like i didn't want to send my kids to my parents house for the night you know plus if i did that marcy and i didn't have anywhere to go you know like there, there's all these things that kind of cropped up and just made it impossible to do that so the whole watching a movie or you know we'll plan a nicer dinner at home i like to cook a lot so that's that's a nice thing to do i did um I, this is kind of the opposite of scheduling, but I I kind of surprised Marcy with a I'm not going to pay attention to the work that I absolutely have to do thing <laughs> last Aww. week where I was sitting at the computer. And like I said, like if my kids are being cute behind me, I have to actively be like, I can't I can't pay attention to the cute. I can't pay attention to the cute, you know, and. I just paid attention to the cute and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend some time with my family. We went out and got uh, some cheeseburgers and ice cream and drove around in the car and goofed off. And I definitely ended up staying up an extra couple hours that night past my bedtime trying to get some stuff taken care of. But it, it felt good to just kind of be like, you know what? I'm going to step away from this to go make sure that this kind of uh, sporadic, you know, in the moment thing that I want to do, you know, really feels as good to everybody else as it does to me. It occurs to me that these problems that that Corey and Jeff and I and uh, from a different direction, Quincy are complaining about could be solved in one of two ways. And that is either longer days or less work. Yeah. <laughs> How? Well, what? a way, I mean, <laughs> having less work is not exactly possible, but if you break it up and you schedule it out, schedule out how long are you going to do your writing schedule out how long you know where's where's that management balance like so these are the these are the hours of the day that I'm going to focus on writing yeah some other stuff might come in during that or you might say these are the hours of the day where I'm going to focus on management this is where I'm going to get my invoices put together this is where I'm going to contact my venues this is when I'm going to um, check in with my employees or answer my phone or answer <laughs> or answer my phone or establishing, respond establishing office hours in a sense. Yeah. yeah so I mean it sounds crazy and the truth is I mean I can relate it back to what I went through as a teacher changing from in-person to um, virtual learning in the spring and then the summer and then how it evolved in the fall I was there was no hours. There were times where I was talking to parents at seven in the morning and then there were parents that I was messaging at 10 o'clock at night. And something that I kind of realized is I needed to set hours. I needed to say, okay, you know, I might have some parents that need to talk to me later at night. Okay, I'll give them this hour, but then I'm taking another hour from earlier. So kind of doing that same thing with the trivia writing and management and hosting making sure obviously you can't control how long you're hosting for that's a set schedule mm -hmm. so that's on your schedule but then figuring out okay how much time do i want of downtime before i go live host my show 
All right, well, how long is it going to probably take me to do this writing? Okay, well, then maybe I should be splitting it up instead of doing it all in one chunk. So those are those are just some things to kind of everybody's going to everybody is going to look a little bit different. So treat it kind of like a budget basically is what you're mm-hmm. saying because you would do the yeah. same thing with money. You would dedicate a certain amount to necessaries, food and utilities and and gas and groceries and food and groceries. I keep saying those because I couldn't think of the word <laughs> rent for some reason. And utilities. And, and groceries. And groceries. Right. <laughs> groceries. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> importantly, also budget some luxury mm-hmm. time. And more so importantly, with your time than your money, because you can survive without the new Xbox. You can't survive if you are absolutely emotionally and psychologically strained. Okay, we're going to need to cut out that surviving without the Xbox part because (laughs) Sam does listen to this podcast and uh, I'm going to need the Xbox Series X. Well, my wife and I are going to fist bump at the being the uh, PS5 gang real quick. (laughs) I mean, either way, the, the truth is you need to schedule your time. You need to budget your time just like you budget your money. I mean... There is that saying out there that I always heard when I was a kid, time is money. So why not treat it the same? That is the smartest thing that has ever been said in 23 episodes of this podcast. (laughs) Now I feel even worse, though, because I'm shit at budgeting money, too. (laughs) Get a budget budgeting app and then it'll tell you how much time you can budget on budgeting. Yeah, I'll put that on my schedule. There you go. <laughs> tell you what. Tell you what, Corey. I'll have my people call your people. Uh oh. Okay. And also, while we're on the subject, uh, Jeff, why is Marcy not an executive producer? Oh, because um, <laughs> she's know, a nurse. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I, I was gonna say because she's a nurse, uh, and it's mostly, if I had to say, the fact that. Uh, I don't want to expose her to all of this craziness. <laughs> She's got enough craziness with uh, taking care of me as I already am, and be- besides that, all of my trivia friends, and then um, with our with our two kids and stuff too. I think she would literally maybe explode if I said, "Hey, come help me with this." She'd say, "I'm leaving you, and I'm taking the boys." <laughs> Hopefully just for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If she ever left, I, I would just, I would, like, did anybody ever watch Scrubs? And I know that this is mm-hmm. a, cr- huh. the, when Sean breaks up with, or when Elliot breaks up with Sean, and she, and she leaves him, and they see him, like, a week later, and he has a full beard, and he looks homeless. <laughs> like, that, that would be me five <laughs> minutes after Marcy's, like, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, oh, I can't Oh, do I have this vision in my head right now, Jeff, of you being a starter Pokemon, and Marcy leaving you being the evolution stone, and then you evolve into Cory. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wait very, very much. My beard would explode. Hmm. I, I don't think he meant you personally, Corey, as much as he meant the beard portion of you, Corey. Yeah. Oh, you haven't <laughs> seen away, his final form. The takeaway that I'm going to grab is that I'm an evolution. <laughs> that is one takeaway. Now, <laughs> bear in mind, let's bring you this aren't the around. final evolution. Eh, let's bring this roundtable uh, full circle. What is unique about streaming and our balancing what 
Like I know for me, scheduling time where I'm not going to be doing any work is not very uh, easy because our hosting is late at night. You know, mm-hmm. we host outside of that typical eight to five. Um, our venues are active late at night. They're thinking about us on weekends or whenever um, you would normally have that time off. So how do we balance and schedule and budget with our unique situation? Well, I would like to chime in on this because I spent several years in the the food and restaurant service industry before I started hosting pub trivia or karaoke or or working for myself at all. And the answer is liquor. I was, okay. I was actually no, going to you, you chuckle, but there is a reason that a lot of bars and a lot of towns have an industry night. And that's because we night owls, us people who work at night entertaining and providing for other people, we we need some of that ourselves as a balance just psychologically. Yeah, I was actually going to when you started when you started down that road, uh, I wasn't going to end with alcohol, but I was going to say it reminds me a lot of my schedule when I was a server in a restaurant. You you're up later in the morning because you don't start work until lunch. Uh, you're up later at night because your dinner shift doesn't end till 11 or 12 if you're closing or even later if you work at a bar. And with trivia, it's about the same thing. There aren't too many pub trivia games that go off in the middle of the day. Almost all of them are later at night. Uh, karaoke can go way later into the evening. I know, Jason, mm-hmm. I know you do karaoke, too. Um, and so it's it's just an extra stumbling block between you and keeping the rest of your life in check. So it's, they are slightly different, but also very relatable things that all of us, not just trivia hosts have to kind of deal with when just thinking of your own sanity and the health, uh, like the emotional health of your family and the people around you. It's, you know, I think we could sum it all up and just say like, it just takes work, you know? Yeah, you almost yeah. have to schedule yourself time to yeah. make your schedule to keep your balance of work, life. Just like you have to sit down and check your budget of money, you have to sit down and check your budget of time. And sometimes yeah. it won't always line up, but you work through it. Yeah. What yeah. I would like to bring us back to uh, just real quick before we you know, kind of put an end on this discussion is here's at least how I view it. And I think that I would speak for Jeff and Corey on this to a point, but I assume y'all like trivia, right? Yes. Like as yeah. like at a hobbyist <laughs> level, you enjoy the concept of competitive trivia. Yeah. How often yeah, right. since you started hosting trivia, have you wanted to play trivia? <laughs> hmm. I feel like this is a loaded question. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, it's a question that I think answers itself and it comes with the caveat that if you love what you do for a living, you start to not love doing it as a leisure activity. And then you have to find the thing that replaces it in your schedule, the thing that replaces it in your mind to be your, this is how I unwind, this is how I relax after work thing, because it can't be the thing that reminds you of work. So I think that's a pretty unique challenge that trivia writers have compared to say restaurant workers, because you're still gonna have to eat. 
if you're yeah. a restaurant worker, you, you may just don't pick go and to choose your, restaurant. your restaurants <laughs> differently. But like, I love doing trivia, and sometimes I just don't want to fucking do trivia because I have spent so many hours, so many weeks, so many months, so many years in that sphere that now I just want to play a video game instead. And finding that thing that replaces it in your pastimes is an important way to make sure that you're handling that self-care that we've been talking about this whole roundtable. And with that awkward silence, <laughs> I think we have put an end to yeah. uh, the roundtable discussion for the week. Why don't we... Hey, Quincy, do you want to ask the listeners what they think we should do to not lose our goddamn minds doing this professionally? <laughs> I think that would be a wonderful idea. We could even have them email us. How would they do that? At quadriviapod at gmail.com. They could email us with ideas of how we can keep our balance or maybe other ideas of what we want to talk about for roundtable or even other things they could do is send well, us a keyword. Hold on a second. You're telling them to email us. Quincy, I don't have the time to check the Quadrivia email all well, the that's time. What, that's why Sam and I, as executive producers, are in charge of checking the email. Oh. <laughs> See, that's how that's how you guys balanced the Quadrivia podcast a little bit, is that some of those manager stuff, like setting up events to record and sending out invitations, et cetera, et cetera, and checking emails and sorting through emails and creating documents, went to other people so that you guys can just record. So you're saying what the solution we do to our balance thing? problems is to just hire on unpaid talent to cover all our bases. I, yeah. I support this, I ship this, I stand this, and I want to point out that before Corey jumped in, you beautifully transitioned us to this week's keyword challenge. What? That's true. And you know where you could see previous week's keywords challenges? Where? At quadriviapodcast.com. <laughs> she's, she's she's the new me on this podcast. I'm she's really, really good at this. She's really well, good at this. <laughs> even though that was a terrific transition, mm -hmm. I think you only pointed that out, Jason, to uh, take attention away from the fact that the actual solution wasn't unpaid workers. It was our wives saving the day again as always <laughs> yeah. uh marcy we love you you are welcome on this podcast to make fun of jeff any and every time and marcy saves the world all the time too That's so it. it's all right yes. sam and i were just both <laughs> up to you know up to beyond our heads and going okay just 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 give us the organization please <laughs> Like we hear about it all the time and then not just 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 hand it over. I mean, I, I don't know so much, Corey, about how it went over on your side, but that's kind of what I get from Sam is kind of how it happened of just just <laughs> give it to us. Stop yeah. trying. We're we're we have too many irons in the fire as it was. <laughs> keyword well, speaking keyword, of irons let's do in the a keyword. Fire. <laughs> I, maybe that's a segue into this week's keyword, but this week's keyword comes from David K, I'm not going to try to pronounce that last name. <laughs> we, we're not even necessary anymore, guys. You hearing this? <laughs> David <laughs> K. Iggy? David, if I butchered your last name, I'm so sorry. It's what I say to my students all the time. If I don't know how to say it, I'd do it my best. But anyways, David K. from Yorkville wants us to write a question about Hanna-Barbera. That is our keyword. Quincy, as our uh, executive producer, can you tell us more about this keyword? question challenge request 
Yes, basically, um, we're all going to be given about 10 minutes, um, no, no longer. Including you, by the way. Including me, including me. Oh, it's been a while. I'll have to dust off the old writing brain. Um, but we're going to be given 10 minutes off mic to come up with a question that has to do with Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera might be in the question. It might be in the answer. But it has to be somewhere in that question and answer set. Um, after those 10 minutes, we'll return back. We will say our questions, and then all of you listeners get to vote on your favorite question. Um, I believe that covers it. I think it does, too. All yeah, I have yeah. left to say is uh, don't vote for Corey, and we'll see you on the other side of this porn Whoa. break. I'm finally accepting that it's a porn <laughs> break. Vote for me. Hey, everyone. Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you you can check us out online at Quadrivia Pod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. And welcome back. I missed you, Jeff. I missed you, too. I, I missed Corey earlier, and I can't miss Quincy because she's sitting two and a half feet from me. Well, but you could. I always miss you. Aww. All right, enough of that. All right, let's get back into this keyword challenge brought to us this week by David Kay in Yorkville, Illinois. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that's one of my uh, regular live players, but unfortunately, I don't know names and faces. So uh, just assume that I love you and miss you and hope all is well. Hanna-Barbera is on tap, and Jeff, you like cartoons. I do. I love them. What you got? All right. So uh, my question is this. Uh, Hanna-Barbera Productions was founded in 1957 by former MGM animator uh, animation directors William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. While most people know them in relation to their hit cartoons from the 60s and 70s, their career stretches back to 1940 when they created what classic cartoon duo who have since become synonymous with a never-ending rivalry? Oh, well, that makes me think of Tweety Bird. Okay, uh, the rivalry thing? The rivalry thing. Um, another rivalry that I can think of is the Roadrunner. Okay. Uh, but now, I don't know when those would have Yeah, the problem fell. with those to me is those are uh, Looney Tunes properties and not Hanna-Barbera, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm 99% on this one, but... Uh... I'm gonna keep you know, I think I'm on the same 99% as you are because this screams Tom and Jerry to me. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, do I know for a fact Tom and Barry, uh, Tom and Barry, uh, <laughs> d- do I know for a fact that Halle Berry is a Hanna-Barbera property? No. <laughs> but it feels like it is. So, Corey, if we were on a team and Quincy, if you were on our team, would we be writing down Tom and Jerry? And just... We would. As soon as we you guys would. would have said Tom and Jerry, I would have been like, yep, Tom and Jerry. Good old Thomas and Jerome. That is correct. Um, they would later go on to, because the property stayed with MGM for a while when Hanna-Barbera moved on to found their own animation studio, uh, but they would later take back a production of Tom and Jerry uh, in TV form later in their careers. But yeah, I, I did not actually know that they created Tom and Jerry. That was... I had no idea about that. I only knew Hanna-Barbera from um, like starting at the Flintstones and on from there. 
in relation to all their shows from the 70s, 60s, 70s, mm. 80s, you know, all that stuff that I grew up with. The, I had the, no the idea. Heydays, it were. Yeah. Yeah. So thoughts, so Quincy, questions, Yeah, what do you concerns? think of the question? You're looking at it. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, the idea of the classic cartoon duo, like I said, I should have realized that the two that I thought of weren't Hanna-Barbera, but it definitely helps give kind of an in for people that might not know the older cartoons to kind of start thinking of classic animated duos that argue back and forth. Yeah, knowing your game and how you difficulty things, I would assume that this would be a round one or maybe a round two difficulty question for you. Yes, for sure. Um, it's nice. It's I'm not going to use the word softball, uh, but yeah. having classic cartoon duo plus never-ending rivalry really pins down the intent of the writer to get to a specific place. Uh, the yeah. rest of it, I I understand why you have the first sentence in there about the founding. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. To contrast the fact that it goes back <laughs> 17 years. But if you don't think about the dates, it feels superfluous. Yeah. Well, but I wouldn't I did change it for it two reasons. Right? So I, I'm, I'm nitpicking one, to pick nits at this point. Oh, no, no, that's okay. Uh, if this was my regular game, I probably would leave the first sentence out. But I need to say Hanna-Barbera, not... Uh, not William Hanna and Joseph Barbera or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so that was the impetus to put that in, in the first place. Um, but I ran into issues at the end. I was, I was having a really hard time trying to get a clue for Tom and Jerry that did not immediately give it away. And do you want a suggestion? Yes. That might've seen a spike in popularity when they added a third uh, major character. Oh, yeah, with Spike and stuff like that. I like me some puns. <laughs> <laughs> but I I thought about saying, like, inspirations for uh, Sylvester and Tweety Bird and Roadrunner and, Coy uh, and Wiley Coyote and Itchy and Scratchy is the big one. You know, like that that's just straight up Tom and Jerry, but with yeah, blood. You can't, yeah, you can't <laughs> indicate uh, Itchy and Scratchy and not have Tom and Jerry be the first thing that pops into mind. Corey, what do you think on this one? Um, basically everything that was just said, uh, that, that was instantly where my mind went. Uh, they're the first thing I think of, uh, when it's a, a cartoon rivalry. So, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 if I had, um, open. if I had a little more time, there would be a better, a better phrasing to cartoon duo. The, the get here is I wanted Tom and Jerry to be the answer. Uh, but I just ran out of time and ended up having to use some some wording that I'm not super pleased with. But that's the stress of writing something in 10 minutes. Right. And I'll point out that sometimes as writers, you find a really neat fact that you want to wrap into a question and you can't find a way to get the difficulty of that question where you want. So sometimes these are just gifts that we have for players. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a, an easy looking question about Tom and Jerry, but you're going to learn that they predate the studio yeah. by like two decades. Yeah. And I would have never known that. Well, I appreciate uh, I appreciate your input and look forward to giving you the same input on your question. What do you got first, I'm Jason? going to get raked over the coals, aren't I? <laughs> no. All right, well, here's, here's what I'm bringing to the table because you said you didn't want to talk about shows from the 60s and 70s. I am going to talk about a show from the 60s and 70s. Here we go. Airing from 1964 through 1972, what classic TV series featuring multiple uncensored dicks called upon Hanna-Barbera to produce the animation in its memorable opening credits. Oh, I have, I got it. I got this. Really? Oh, good, because I don't know. 
God damn it, Jason. Oh my God. I'm really happy with this question. You have to know that. So the, (laughs) let let me, let me walk you through my thought process. I started thinking about uncensored dicks and how (laughs) that could be allowable on television. And then I remember that that's a very common first or not very common, but a common-ish first name. Uh, of course, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there was a TV show, which I actually just wrote a question about, uh, I think maybe a month ago, about the two main actors that portrayed the same character, both with the first name Dick in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they portrayed a man named Darren uh, on... I guess this has been enough time on the TV show yeah. Bewitched. Dick York and Dick Sargent oh, were the yeah. two uncensored dicks. Nice. God damn it, Jason! I... <laughs> I... You got there. You got there a hundred percent, Jeff. It is yeah. absolutely Bewitched. The, I love as, that um, question. As you walked us through it, I when when you mentioned the, you know the first names, I went fuck. That's what. It is. <laughs> well, and that's yeah, what I thought. Like I Jason. thought of when I heard that, I thought of Dick Van Dyke, but I'm like one. I feel like Dick Van Dyke was possibly a little bit earlier, and two, there was no animation in its opening credits. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a good memory. It had very notable like live opening credits, including Pratt Fall. Yes, yep. I, I I love the fall over the um, Ottoman. I yeah, and that anybody most. anybody around our age that grew up watching Nick at Night, for <laughs> sure has to remember. <laughs> The anime, if you're talking about from that time period, the two big ones with the animated openings would be Bewitched and I Dream a Genie. I think right. that there was like a, like My Three Sons also had one, but that would. It might have, I don't remember. But, but yeah, no, I used to, I used to watch a whole lot of Bewitched and I Dream yeah. of Genie and I just didn't put them together. It happens. Uh, notes. That's that's one of those questions where, you know, you hosted at a live game and as soon as the answer comes out, you hear, Ah, uh, <laughs> uh huh. Which which is a sound I I live for. Absolutely love that. Followed so. immediately by a chorus of boo. <laughs> right. So I I think it's a very solid question. I like it's a it. very J question. That it is too. it is on brand because it mentions genitals and also a pun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said I was gonna rake you over the coals, or rather, you said I was going to, and I had planned on it, but I can't, man. That's that's a that is. That is an out of the park home run, my brother. That's that's yep. a good question. <laughs> Not to pat myself on the back, but after twenty three of these episodes, that might be the best keyword challenge question <laughs> I've written because it's succinct and also talks about dicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask for? Right. Uh, let's find out, Corey. You may have written a novel, as far as I can tell. What do you have for us? Oh, and actually, after I posted it, I, I sat there and edited it trying to make it shorter and shorter so i've i've actually cut some out of this um and this is a, an issue that we've seen uh with me and some other hosts during these keyword challenges where we tend to make them pretty long whereas if it was being go- used in a live game we'd edit it down farther but uh sure. what i've got here is tom and jerry were originally named jasper and jinx When Hanna-Barbera held a contest among their staff to come up with a new label for the pair, animator Jack Carr won the $50 prize by submitting the name of a popular drink. Hanna and Barbera weren't big fans of the name, and a lot of people aren't big fans of the main non-alcoholic ingredient, but it's stuck. What is this ingredient, which you should be able to find in stores now, but would have had more trouble getting a couple of weeks ago? 
This is an onion, sir. Yes, yeah. there's, there's many a lot of layers. I, I'm trying to figure out what the right in to even guess this is. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just there are a lot of... This is a garden pathy kind it's of question popular to, to walk your drink. head through. That's what I fig- I've, I figured with this one, I needed a couple different options that, that people could, you know, latch on to. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well, I get it. It's pumpkin spice. <laughs> it is not. You should be able to find but, it in stores now. But you are thinking on the right uh, track. Yeah, I uh, I know, <clears throat> and I and I think that this gets me there. But I, I know that Tom and Jerry, the drink, I'm familiar with that drink enough to try and parse my way through the rest of it. I thought that it was a specific cocktail on its own. But as hmm. I always knew it as kind of a Christmas time drink, and if you think about Does things it... that are available around Christmas time ah, in regards to drinking, yeah. Yeah. that's that's what I'm thinking it was. I had always thought yeah. of it as its own recipe, like I'm going to make eggnog or I'm going to make a Tom and Jerry, and then you go get yeah. the recipe card for either. But uh, Can on I this read something real quick. What's that? This is the first time in my nigh 40 years of being an alcoholic that I learned that there is an alcoholic drink called a Tom and Jerry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Weird knowledge gap on that one. Have you heard of it? No, I hadn't. Oh, good. It must be an us thing. (laughs) Well, to be fair, all of the bars I ever worked in never really had eggnog, so it'd be hard to make a Tom and Jerry. But Jeff, you're you're confident that this is going to be like eggnog because it feels like it fits the whole clue. Yeah. So it's... I'm uh, I'm game. I say yeah. lock it down. Is it eggnog? That is the answer I was looking for. And as uh, Jeff was uh, kind of addressing, it's it's like it's a variant of eggnog. Um, it, you can make it by using eggnog as an ingredient. It's not okay. a perfect question. It's not a perfect answer. And people could um actually you with it, but. For these purposes, I'm I'm comfortable enough with that to to leave it as is. So I don't know, man. For my mileage, I really like this question. My my only note would be it's podcast wordy and not live show wordy. That's yeah. All. I I think um I think that in terms of uh the um actually aspect of it, I think you're absolutely fine. I think that's just my brain going back to when I was working as a server. And there's like a list of drinks that you don't order because the bartenders will hate you. Like uh, a Tom and Jerry, Brandy Alexander's, like anything where you have to do like, yeah, anything where you have to do lots of things with ice cream or hot drinks and stuff like bartenders hate that. They want to open a beer or they want to make you a martini. The end. And that's it. Basically the, the, um, actually here is that, um, actually eggnog is a, a cold drink and it's got, you know, yeah, whatever in it. Whereas a Tom and Jerry, you're, you're making homemade eggnog and serving a warm drink. So it's not technically eggnog, but it's, yeah. Like you said, it's, word, it's for the, the clues that have gone into it and, you know, it, it, it works. I would just tell people the old standby, if you know it well enough to argue it, then you know what I'm looking for. Do you think, Corey, that the word component versus ingredient would get you out of that? Um, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good step. But I mean, if I was okay. going to make a Tom and Jerry at home, I would use eggnog 
and add stuff to it and warm it up as opposed to making it from scratch mostly because i'm lazy and why go through the trouble <laughs> but yeah like that that would be a time to nog an egg sure. Right. In our workaday 2020 lifestyles, who can just sit there and nog eggs all the live long day? Uh, I like it. I do. Um, the only note I would have is basically to your um, actually, which I think we addressed. Uh, Quincy, thoughts? I, I, it was, it was a lot of words to parse through. It'd definitely be one that I would want to have a little bit of extra time with, just for brain processing concerns. But you know, that's also. I usually play trivia in the evening, and that's usually when I'm <laughs> brain tired. And yes, yeah, uh, it reads better than it sounds, mm-hmm. but not by so much that I would make that a criticism. Yeah, it's fair. And now that you've criticized three questions, Quincy, <laughs> I think it's My time turn. for you to join the fray. Are you ready? Yes. What 1994 animated movie produced by companies such as Hanna Barbera featured the featured the pessimistic kid from Home Alone befriending anamorphic books and an eccentric librarian, all while fighting a dragon, evading Moby Dick, meeting Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll, and finally returning to real life. Okay, I've got this one. Yeah, I, I have this one lights out too. because I have I love imagery it. on this one, and I'm at the point where I'm just trying to remember if I'm going to get the name of the film right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I see Macaulay Culkin animated with his big old nerdy Harry Potter <laughs> stole them from him glasses. Yeah, and are you the gatekeeper because I'm the that's page master? Is that it? <laughs> that's the one. Yep. Yep, that is that is the movie, The Page Master. I just happened to do a Google search for Hanna Barbera, and that popped up, and I went, "Oh, I remember that movie!" <laughs> so I had to write a question about it. You know, we did a whole episode about the warm fuzzies that you get when you see a nostalgic trivia question. You should listen to that. Oh yes, I think I have. <laughs> you probably have. Yeah. Um, you you can be mean to her if you want. She's yeah, a guest it's on this. you know, and again, it was one of those things where I wrote it, and I'm like, okay, I think i think this is good but it's it's it was a uh, dusty six to seven years since i've written my last trivia question <laughs> well i will say uh sometimes and i'm very guilty of this um sometimes the the keyword questions that we wind up getting on here are uh, naturally it feels like the keyword is like forced in there unnecessarily but on this one i actually feel like the for me, anyways, uh, the inclusion of the keyword was kind of a misdirect. I did not realize that uh, Hanna-Barbera was a producer of that movie. And I don't remember like any Hanna-Barbera characters being a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, while that was the... I mean, I know because it's Macaulay Culkin and, and all the stuff that he's doing, what the movie is. But... Uh, Hanna-Barbera actually made me double think, you know, is that right? So I, I think that actually worked out pretty well. I like that it kind of uh, made me second guess myself. It does kind of feel like it's in that Don Bluth kind of era of animation. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have assumed it was Hanna-Barbera either. Uh, can I do something I shouldn't ever at all do real quick? Yes. I'm going to um actually my wife. Oh, no. Nice. This oh, is... Goodness. This is this is a bad idea. Did I spell it, it something wrong? Because you you refer is to it? the books as anamorphic when I think oh. you might have meant anthropomorphic. 
Oh, yes, because they were, uh, yeah. Human-like qualities. Human-like qualities. Anamorphic means that they're animals that turn into teenagers in books that are surprisingly <laughs> violent. <laughs> I mean, and other things, but... Fair enough, fair enough. I've never, you know, I've never stated that my uh, upper-level vocabulary is good when I try to spell. This was a terrible idea for me, and I will pay for it after the recording ends. Um, I think that more or less wraps it up for our keyword challenge, unless anybody has any more notes on Quincy's amazing, wonderful question that got every word right. I'm sorry. I love you. I, I don't have any notes, but I have a wonderful, fun fact that I realized as an adult about Pagemaster, and that is hmm. that the movie is 75 minutes long, start to finish, all the way oh, through the credits. Risk. So when you're like, you know what? I'm going to pop this movie on that I loved as a kid to get my kids to pay attention to that for an hour and a half while I do some dishes. Uh, it ends surprisingly much faster than you think it does. And then they go run around and you're like, why aren't you guys paying attention to Pagemaster? He should be fighting a dragon. It's like, oh, it's been off for half hour. That's <laughs> so there you go. Our advice to you listeners, parents at home, um, the Harry Potter movies are longer and just park the kids in front of that and then explain to them why they shouldn't love the author i'm going on a direction on this should we wrap up the keyword challenge quincy where can people vote for our favorite for their favorites well you can uh look at all of our favorites and vote on quadriviapodcast.com um at quadriviapodcast.com you can vote for not only this episode's keyword challenge but past episodes that maybe you listen to um and you know spread the love and jeff if they don't want to go to quadriviapodcast.com where can they go instead this is my favorite, uh, oh, quadriviabuttface.net. Oh, An actual URL that Corey <laughs> actually registered. I did. I, I bought it and set it up just for you. You are you are bay, Corey. I love you. I love you so much. I want to hear more from you. Uh, play us a game. You're the Quizano man. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That was Look, a they're walk. not all going to be good, okay? <laughs> They can't all be. I'm singers. still waiting for one of them to be. <laughs> hey, uh, I will come to you, I will come to your defense. That triple threat, Sylvester Stallone one from two weeks ago's episode. <gasps> oh <my> man. <laughs> Woo. Anyway, let's do some trivia. Taking a deep breath, centering myself. All right, I've got a round for you here. Um, this was one that I had a lot of fun writing. This was one where I, uh got to do a lot of research and go down rabbit holes and uh, really enjoyed the process of writing this round. Well, then I am <laughs> eager and ready and uh, tighten the pants for this. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. And I actually haven't used it since writing it because I wrote it for a, uh, a little charity fundraiser trivia Ooh, okay. game that happened a few months back. Uh, for somebody else. And now I get to use it myself. So, without further ado, uh, I am giving you a round on conspiracy theories. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Are you I ready? I am here for this. You need to mentally be prepared for this round because it goes to some wild places. <laughs> We're going to start off gentle, though. Number one. What conspiracy theory, also sometimes called SLAP, has roughly 17% of people globally believing that governments are trying to control the population 
or the weather by releasing chemicals from airplanes into the atmosphere. I have never heard this referred to by the name slap before, so I was real iffy until you got to the like final ask portion. And I think I've got this locked in now. Q, are you familiar with this conspiracy at all? Or are you fortunately um, I am outside the I'm familiar with it, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I am familiar with it. Called. Yeah, I'm familiar with it enough to know what the actual term is as well. Well, go ahead then, Jeff. Well, I was I was going to say it's it's essentially <laughs> people not understanding what contrails are and instead calling them chemtrails. Yeah, chemtrails right. is where my head went. Yeah, that is correct. I have also never heard the term slap, but in researching it, I did uh, find that, and so I was able to throw that in as another little is is slap an acronym. I believe so. As I said, I actually I wrote this one several months ago, and I don't remember what it stands for. I think it's I probably could have budgeted my time better, pollution? but I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you know what? Let's find out right now. Slap. While you find out, Jeff, Quincy and I will riff for about thirty seconds on what we think "slap" could possibly stand for. Yeah, oh, sneaky, goodness. sneaky libtards, air pollution. So That's close. Silly. No notes. Perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna... it's silly actually... little ape people. That's that's the one. Alert. That's question two. That's, that's the chemtrails. Uh, it is secret, large-scale, atmospheric program. Oh, but that's little sap, <laughs> right? Well, they hyphenated large-scale. Slow cap. Slow cap. Slow slap. The, the they they hyphenated right. self-contained in scuba. <laughs> Just all I'm saying is if you're going to come up with a ridiculous conspiracy theory, at least be consistent about the acronym naming conventions. Right. Scuba doesn't <laughs> exist. Well, I think if they were doing things uh, in a smart manner, they wouldn't be believing this shit in the first place. <laughs> so the logic holds. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's two. go on. Number two. Tied in part to the fact that it went $2 billion over budget, theories surrounding which building range from an underground Illuminati headquarters to ancient alien symbology and biblical premonitions. Having several murals depicting Nazis in the end of times probably doesn't help things, but the people who run this airport, which averaged nearly 190,000 visitors per day in 2019, say it's all in fun. I've got this dead to rights, and it's a crazy-ass situation. So, hold on, there's a lot to unpack. Going yeah, on. yeah, I know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with there's you. There's a lot I... to unpack in a lot of these. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, you're saying, my... if, if I'm reading this correctly, is that they literally have several, as in more than one, murals <laughs> that have Nazis and end-of-times prophecies? Like, yep. what? Uh, I I have no earthly clue <laughs> what this is at all. This is going to freaking um, surprise you then. Maybe Jeff. an airport in on Mars or the moon. I don't I I honestly oh, don't. Oh no, know. madam. This is a real life airport. It's an airport you have possibly been in in your life. Oh, that doesn't limit it a lot. I know. <laughs> but I know that your sister lives near this area. This is the, the Denver, Denver airport? airport, is it not? That's the one. Denver wow, I've, airport. 
I've been stuck there overnight and I don't remember <laughs> those things. They must have been in a different terminal than I was in. <laughs> it, it is a weird looking building. I I damn near could have done 10 questions just about just on this one airport. Yeah. I mean, now, it I is only insane. Yeah, I only know about it because I'm a, a frequent Redditor and, and my wife does not, um, as a sane person, peruse Reddit that often. But there is a lot of stuff I've seen on that site about the Denver International Airport and just the weird shit that's there and the weird connections what people make with it. You mean like the picture? big blue horse? And, like yep. just, oh, oh, no, I know the big so, blue horse. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a couple hours to budget into your schedule, just fall down this rabbit hole all right good luck coming back let's no, try number there's, three there's no coming back question number three deaths and disappearances are especially popular with conspiracy theorists the death of which world leader is said to have been blamed on 42 groups 82 assassins and 214 individual people despite being the subject of government investigations and untold books movies and documentaries no one has ever been found guilty in a court of law. I absolutely love this question because I think I know the answer. And if I know the answer, I absolutely love the way you put this question, Corey. Then I, I think you do. Um, I, I there, did There's a bit of winking very... and nodding going between you and me right now, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, for the sake of the listeners and our other two uh, hosts, I took a very easy question and intentionally misdirected and used... Uh, uh, varying wordage to make it seem more difficult than it is. Because my th first thought goes to the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, and to here. that, Quincy and Jeff, I would ask, was anybody ever found guilty in the assassination? Of Not that I'm aware Jack, of. Jack and Jack you know Ruby why? Shot him. Because nobody could prove with on, without a reasonable oh, doubt no, who it was. No. There, there usually isn't a trial when the guy dies two days later. Yep. <sighs> Yeah. That's the thing I freaking love about this question. The technically correct is the best correct <laughs> phrasing at the end. No yeah. one has ever been found guilty in a court of law because they were found guilty at the end of Jack Ruby's pistol. Exactly. <laughs> yep, that's the one. JFK. Okay. Is, you're getting the chef's kiss for me on that. That is just... <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I really enjoyed that I one. like I, that one. Like I said, I had a lot of fun writing this entire round. So I'm glad that it gets a little more uh, attention now. You are showing a effort in this, and I love it. Right, well, let's, let's hope that uh, continues into the next one. Number four. One of the stranger theories that I stumbled upon is the idea that this celebrity had a twin... And that twin was murdered by Disney in either 1998 or 2001. The reasoning seems to be either that one was a better performer or that the other got in a car accident and it was less sad to pretend they never existed. It's especially interesting that this person has portrayed a twin and a person avenging the death of their twin. Who is it? So... My, I, I was my, absolutely yeah. lost until you said that they portrayed a twin because that really cuts it down to a few. And my first thoughts uh, with portrayed a twin, and I, I think I might have a good guess at this. I, I think know. I might as well because I'm thinking of a specific movie and I know it was 
Disney and it was played by one person, but it was all about twins. But I'm not, I don't remember that person then later avenging a death. When writing, uh, so those, those were two different movies that I was referencing there. Um, I will say that I kind of did the opposite on this one uh, from the, the one before it where I actually, I kind of, I could have made it uh, more difficult here. Um, but specifically the inclusion of Disney and their involvement in these theories was too mm-hmm. good to leave out. Fair so enough. I, I think that Disney kind of gives away the answer, but just for the entertainment value, uh, I decided it was worth leaving in. I'm, I'm a level with you. I have three wrong answers in my mind right now. I, I think I, Quincy and I are on the same page. With our it's very possible. I'm in a different book right now. I'm um, not seeing the answer to this. Well, so, I, I'll, I'll throw mine out. My idea would be Lindsay Lohan from Parent Trap. Yep. That's that is too. one of the three thoughts that I had, but I was also thinking Haley Mills for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And then my head couldn't get away from the Olsen family. Uh, yeah, which but... includes famous twins and another sister who you can definitely say avenged the death of their <laughs> twin as uh, Elizabeth Olsen played Scarlet Witch in the MCU. And I can't get around that bad connection in my head. Yeah, that's the, fair. And I, yeah, I was going to uh, say the other, the other movie, the first one's parent trap. The other one is I know who killed me. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then you have just convinced me that you both had it. It's, it's, uh, you don't mess with the Lohan. That's correct. <laughs> it is Lindsay Lohan. Although the, uh, that misdirect into the Olsons was completely unintentional. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was solid. Intriguing. Like, I mean, Maybe it's just, it's, question as well. it's interesting how, uh, you're able to get to these different places. But, but yeah, the, <laughs> like the the fact that there's a theory that Disney killed Lindsay Lohan's twin and uh, it's just so many I'm, weird theories. Out I'm there. imagining a world where there's a pair of Lindsay's Lohan and it is not a world I want to be part of. Is, is that how it's properly uh, pluralized? Well, yeah, it's Surgeon's General. It's Lindsay's Lohan. Yeah. <laughs> this all yeah. works. Yeah, it definitely okay. does. I'll allow it. Why not? Let's try number five. Uh, Question number five, a theory that I never get tired of seems to have originated on Reddit in 2018. It focuses on the fact that this company tends to have way too many stores in a close proximity to each other, especially considering you'll only buy their product once every seven to ten years. (laughs) And in case you are wondering, a spokesperson has confirmed that their name is, in fact, not a pun. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. How do you know this one, Quincy? Because they're everywhere. Our son has talked about this conspiracy. Yes, that is Our true. Our 14-year-old son. Um, Quincy and I, I'm pretty sure have this dead the right, so we'll let uh, Jeff kind of take the lead on it. Um, I'm trying to get through the, the back half of it because I remember the Reddit thread about there being way too many mattress stores, but I'm trying to... Oh, the okay, the pun. Okay. I, I think I'm on board now with a specific mattress company whose name is kind of a punny. But yeah, my first thought was the abundance of mattress stores. I couldn't um I couldn't put the two and two together in the last half till just now. You guys heard it happen in real time as my brain the little hamster on the wheel was squeaking. 
I finally got it. Although, if you do put two of these together, you do get something that references this pun. Is it two fulls that you put together to make a California king, Quincy? Yes. No, it's two twins. It's two twins make a king. Uh, yeah, this is Mattress King. Mattress King? I thought it was Mattress Firm. I thought Mattress Firm. Ah, damn it. You're right on the... I went the wrong direction on the uh, pun thing. (laughs) It is Mattress Firm. Mm-hmm. I was mattress, like, wait, Mattress, mattress King? What? Mattress was, Firm, they're everywhere. And I was soft. firmly wrong. And you know, I, I almost, uh, the question almost read something about it being a punny name until I stumbled across an article of somebody trying to track down an answer as to whether or not it is a pun. And that was a fascinating read, too. So, if I remember this, uh, when I get around to when this when this episode's being released, I will link that article uh, on our website too. So, oh, please do. Yeah, there's some fun stuff out there. <laughs> what are we on now? Number six. Yep, let's power on so. through, my boy. Question number six. Also called UFO Ranch and Sherman Ranch, what property is located in Utah and purported to be a hotbed of activity for paranormal experiences? Reports abound of cattle mutilation, werewolves, aliens, and of course, the harmful witches of Navajo culture for which it was named. For the record, no Jedi have been reported there. I either have the wrong, uh, the right answer or the best joke answer here, so I'll let you guys go. I've been to Utah many times, and I cannot... I can't place this. Yeah, I'm so dialed into what I'm positive is the wrong answer that I'm just not coming up with something different, if that makes sense. Jeff, do you have anything? I mean, the inclusion of UFO immediately makes me think of Area 51, but I'm positive that's, that's not in Utah. Yeah, it's No, in that is not in Utah. That is in Nevada. And then... I. I I'm trying to get somewhere from the Jedi bit at the back. I'm trying to get somewhere from the Navajo culture. I'm trying to get somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Like, I know Devil's Tower is in Utah, but that doesn't fit 80% of this question, unfortunately. No, because there's not a whole lot of cattle around Devil's Tower. Isn't that in Wyoming? Yeah, it is. Probably. Oh, okay. (laughs) Is an Area 51 in Nevada, Jeff? Yes. Yeah, it is. Are we are we geography shaming all of a sudden? No, that's we, what I said. I, I didn't think Area 51 was in Utah. That's what that's that was why I said you, UFOs maybe think Area 51, but that's not in Utah. It's also right. not Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. Yes, which I'm pretty Roswell, sure is Roswell, New Mexico is not in Mexico. Utah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... I got I got to reveal my wrong but funny answer. Yes. The only combination of Jedi and Ranch <laughs> that's coming to mind is Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch. That can't that can't and... be it. That can't possibly it's, be right, but it's the only place my head is going. I'm just going like, to let that sit for a second to see if that maybe uh, enables you to make any other connections. Nope. Luke Ranch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because uh, obviously there would be Jedi at Skywalker Ranch. This is a similar name, but it's not Skywalker I'm I'm just trying to walk you guys have actually gotten all the other um, ones right, so I'm trying to trying to get you there on the Moonwalker one, but... Ranch. No, Moonraker no. Ranch. What is Jar Jar Ranch. Oh god. <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch. I'm I'm just riffing because I CP3PO. 
ranch. What? <laughs> oh, no. That's Chris Paul in the the Star Wars universe. CBA. Okay. Would Would you like to know the answer? Very yes. much so. It is Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. I oh. I have never in my life heard the name of that and ranch. I will be fully honest with no. you. I it is very popular in like the uh haunted and paranormal uh communities. Okay. Um and yeah, I that's why I, like I said I threw the no Jedi have been reported in there just to get Skywalker Ranch like kind of on the forefront of your brain so that maybe hopefully thinking Skywalker would remind people who have heard of it about well, Skinwalker. Yeah. I will say this, having made the connection that you intended to be in there and assuming I knew the answer, I would have known the answer. <laughs> and also, yeah, so uh, in Navajo culture, they believe in Skinwalkers, which are harmful witches. Huh. So, yeah. yep. I'm, I'm just glad. Kind of like zombies. Once Jason said Skywalker Ranch, I was like, please, Lord, tell me that people don't think that this is all shit that George Lucas does at Skywalker Ranch. But, but, I but Jeff, my brain can't handle that. Jeff, where do you think the, the costume for Chewbacca came from? It, it's nothing but flayed skin from Utah. Oh, oh, my God. George Lucas is a massive, massive bastard. And, you know, this... Uh, at the risk of uh, taking this farther off the rails, I, I would like some opinions on my inclusion of that last sentence there. Because obviously... I very much like it. it. It does bring up Skywalker, but I don't want people to say Skywalker. And so I, I was kind of torn on including that, but... I I think that that's just maybe a geographical issue. Like, it, uh... It's not something that I knew off the top of my head, but maybe if I lived further towards the West Coast, it would be something that I would be more aware of. Um, so for me as a clue, it didn't help, but that's just because I'd never heard Skinwalker Ranch before. I'm just more, and, I was more worried about it hurting. I didn't want it to feel like I was trying no, to I don't get think, people to say Skywalker. No, I don't I think you like heard that. it by any point. Um that would have been a confirmation clue for people who had the name of that ranch in their head. They would have been like, oh, this is what okay. he means. We're right. Yay. Pat ourselves on the back. That's good. That's what I was going for. So, all right. I think you hit right. it. Well, you're, you're still doing all right. You've only missed one so far. And the fact that you don't know every single conspiracy theory actually uh, is reassuring. Look, Corey, <laughs> I will have you know that in certain circles, I am known as the mattress king of conspiracy theories. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Just... Number nine, there's a theory <laughs> floating around. There's a theory floating around that the makers of this product intentionally used an inferior formula to release a new version of their signature product in the 80s in order to drive up sales of the original. When the then president of the company was questioned about it, he claimed the truth is we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. Uh, I did forget to make the ask a little obvious there, but what is the company that we are talking about? I, I think I know product. this one lights out. See, I think I'm, I got I'm very confused here, though, Corey, because I'm pretty sure I know the answer to question seven, but I feel like you just gave us question nine. What do I do? Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that there were more questions on my page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, was... so it's okay that I know the answer to question seven at this point, right? Uh, 
on the pit what i can see on my screen that's like the second to last one but that's because the other questions are on the next bit yeah that's seven yeah. don't call me out like that i have feelings <laughs> what is the answer to number seven so quincy i think jeff and i have this have you been able to tease out a guess or an answer to this based on the wording uh-uh no <laughs> is this why we play team trivia as a team uh-huh this is why by about this time at night is i'm in brain you remember a big ad campaign in the 80s for a particular beverage oh a beverage yep with new in its name new a new beverage and i'm not giving her any kind of sight uh clues right now is that really is that really coca-cola yeah why do you think they went back to calling it coca-cola classic people hated new coke People hated well, it I so figured, much they I thought figured it was... they didn't like... I, well, I mean, original Coca-Cola had actual co- cocaine in it. So, and I miss know. original Coca-Cola for that reason. Oh, <laughs> Pepsi, fun fact, had crystal meth. But just the crystal Pepsi. Also not question number nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... question number eight. Or actually, I, I do really like that quote, too. The, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was Coca-Cola. Uh, people thought that new Coke was invented just to drive up sales of Coke Classic. So that actually has a really interesting connection to something that apparently is not a conspiracy theory, something that actually did happen uh, between Coke and Pepsi. When Crystal Pepsi came out... Crystal meth Pepsi. Oh my god. <laughs> Coca-Cola released tab clear okay that that rings a bell yeah okay it the the sole purpose of tab clear was to sabotage crystal pepsi because it well because it tasted like like tab and tab was awful no it it was (laughs) like super sweet and had a lot of caffeine in it and it just it gave people like a a bad feeling. People didn't like it, um, and Coke was using that to make people associate clear drinks in general with, you know, just not being good. Uh, huh. Isn't that the plot of like season three of that critically acclaimed series Breaking Tab? Oh, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But uh, yeah, question they eight. they intentionally question made eight. tab. They made that clear to hurt Pepsi. It's real. It's not a theory, you guys. It's real. I hate you so much. I try to educate. (laughs) Question number eight. Statements made by which U.S. president have been used by conspiracy theorists as evidence that his first lady had been replaced by a body double after either dying during a surgery or simply leaving her husband? Apparent slip-ups included stating she wishes she could be here while she was standing by his side and pointing to an empty window from which he claimed she was watching the proceedings. I think I know this. I I really, really think I know this. I don't have any thunder as to why I'm defending it other than you'll understand when I say what I think the answer is. Uh, Jeff, you were going to chime in with a thought, maybe? My, my, first, my first instinct is to go newer or more recent presidents when the internet was around and people could say silly dumb shit and not be called out for being wrong um so my my first i would narrow it down to like trump obama and bush but 
I I think I very much agree with you. I'm locked in on this being some weird ass Trump shit. <laughs> I I think um, Quincy, do you the... have feelings about that? <laughs> yes, Quincy, you have a platform now. Do you have feelings on weird ass Trump shit? It, it it is totally possible just because she would leave her husband after having botched cosmetic surgery. Like it all it all fits, man. It, does. Go ahead, Jeff. Finish just... finish your thought. I, I was going to say, I know that there are people that insist to this day that Michelle Obama is not a woman. And maybe the surgery in question is a sex change surgery. No. That, yeah, yikes. No. Yeah. I, but, at the, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd almost have to lean just towards the president with more conspiracy nonsense under his belt. Because when I think well, conspiracy theories and presidents all of a sudden for reasons, I think Trump. And that is correct. It is Donald Yay. Trump. Um, part of the uh, apparent evidence that supports this theory is uh, there's a, a Secret Service agent that looks similar to his wife. Um, yeah, just another one of those interesting conspiracy theories out there. Although I think that it just points more towards him being an idiot than her being replaced. <laughs> Number I mean, nine. This isn't a political oh. podcast, but I think people can read the tea leaves. Yeah. Question number nine. I know this sounds like some silly tinfoil hat conspiracy theory crap, but I promise you this one is actually legit. After John Lennon released the protest song that helped release a man convicted for marijuana possession... What U.S. president aggressively tried to have him deported? And and just to be clear, the president aggressively tried to have John Lennon deported? That is correct. Okay. Quincy, you know politics. Uh -huh. I know where my head goes on this. I have an idea based on timing, but okay. I don't think it's right. Well, what do you think? We'll start from there. Well, how about what Jeff thinks? Nobody cares what Jeff thinks. Oh, look, hey, Jeff's here. I care what I think. Um, I My guess is also on timing as well. Um, but it would be somewhere in the late 60s, early 70s. So my my first instinct is Nixon. Yeah, that was kind of my thought process, too. That's where my head is at. I think Corey has given us our second dick reference of the game. <laughs> I believe is... this one would be a Richard Nixon. That is correct. Uh, the only non-conspiracy theory genuinely happened question in the round. Uh, Richard Nixon tried to have John Lennon deported. So, yeah. Just a little fun one there. And we're going on to our final question, number 10. Let's end on a funner, simpler note. For the last several years, there have been theories that a certain movie title was chosen to help hide conspiracy theories about the movie studio's namesake. I'm not going to tell you more than that, because I think it's all you need. What movie am I talking about? You think this is all I need, but my head I... doesn't go anywhere instantly, so I'm going to have to reread this, I think, and parse it out. There have been theories that a certain movie title was chosen to help hide conspiracy theories about the movie studio's namesake. Oh, I think I got it. 
I think I got it. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think through movie studios and like 20th or 21st Century Fox comes to mind. You've got Lions Gate. Uh, oh, is this like some weird Mel Gibson-y crap? What's the name of his studio? Oh, gosh. Jeff, do you um, want to redirect them? Yeah, yes, it, please do. I don't know the name of Gibson's studio, but think of other conspiracy theories involving famous people who have movie studios named after them. I don't know that that's helping me get there. <laughs> Shit. Because okay. I, can't, I can't think of movie studios. I can't think of names of movie studios. This is going to be a hit myself in the face when you say it moment for me, Jeff. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Just uh, for fun, I'll tell you that this person, the namesake, uh, they had a lot of images of them photoshopped, uh, not actually photoshopped, but edited to remove cigarettes to present a more family-friendly image. James Dean? That, no. That fact actually isn't ringing a bell either. Shit, Jeff, bail us out, please. Yeah. Um, if I told you that the conspiracy theory I'm referencing here involves someone being cryogenically frozen. Is that ringing that, any bells? That Disney, right? Yeah. Disney's okay. frozen. Oh my God. I would have never put that together. Actually. Jesus. So the, the theory is that now when you go Google Disney frozen, it comes up with the Elsa movie instead of instead. the conspiracy oh. theories about Walt Disney being frozen. Aha! Uh-huh. I it, like it, what you did there. It almost seemed too obvious, and I think I missed the surface level read on that. And that's why I didn't try to put too much in there. You know, there was no like real tongue in cheek or, or anything right. there. Uh, I gave the end that it's you know last several years, so fairly recent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, Disney you, you stumped frozen. me on something that was absolutely fair game. So tip of the cap to you, my good man. Yeah, I really like that last one. <laughs> so, did you know that Coke created Tab Clear to hurt Pepsi? Oh, God. <laughs> You're about to be the third dick in this episode. <laughs> All right. We, we are out of steam. We are off the tracks. Let's get the hell on out of here. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Yeah. Jeff, who are you? Where can people find you? Uh, I, of course, am Jeff from RMT Trivia. You could find me at most of the places at RMT, as in riddle me this, uh, RMT Trivia. Um, I stream Thursdays on Twitch at twitch.tv slash RMT Trivia. And I've been Jason, once again, with Liquid Courage Entertainment. You can find me most days, and by most, I mean pretty much every day, online at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. Courage is spelled with the letter K because I need more potassium in my life. I am Corey with Third Degree Entertainment. You can head to thirddegreeentertainment.com to find ways to find me uh, or search me on Facebook. Also, by the time this comes out, hopefully very soon... I will be back to regular streaming on Twitch. We're building Ooh. my office right now. So hopefully I'll see you there too. All right. And I have been Quincy, one of the two executive producers for the Quadrivia podcast, as along with um, Sam. Um, so find us to find the Quadrivia podcast. You can email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Roundtable discussion ideas as well as keyword challenge ideas. You can also find us at quadriviapod on Twitter and on Facebook. And 
We also have our very own website at quadriviapodcast.com. And I want to say, without giving anything away, uh, y'all need to go to our website. You need to be voting on our keyword challenge. It may or may not be relevant here very soon. So please soon. head to our website, Trademark. go to the keyword challenge, vote for me, and... Uh, Wait, we'll wait, find what? out if that helps out at all. Hey, hey, no, what? don't just vote and for Corey. Spread the love. Out. That's great. Great job, guys. Thank you very much. No, Ken, <laughs> I decide no. when we do the bad outro, you got to cut Goodbye. that thing about people voting for him and then cut me in the middle of this sentence. No way. Where's my whiskey? <laughs> oh, there's my rum. <laughs> oh. Oh, thank you, Evan Williams, for giving me the strength to go on. <laughs> Number eight. Statements made by which U.S. president? Oh, my God, I need a chaser. <laughs>